Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash design recharge. There's over 180,000 titles for you to choose from on your phone, your Android, your Kindle, your MP3 player, whatever. I'm currently reading Girl, Wash Your Face. I will finish that in the next two days, probably. It's by Rachel Hollis, and it is terrific. The next book up is Seth Godin's This Is Marketing. So you can download one of these, or you can pick one that you've been dying to read or listen to. Lots of times they're read by their, the person who wrote the book, which I love. So check it out, audibletrial.com slash designrecharge. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and Design Recharge is about giving hope. So if somebody else can do it, then you can do it too. And Veronique started the same way. Um, she worked in, ad, in the ad world for many, many years and then started freelancing and then freelancing blew up. So I'm really excited. It's episode 289. We're getting real close to that 300 mark, but I'm super excited to introduce you guys. Did I say who I was? Anyway, if I didn't, I'm dying good. <laughs> I can't remember. So Veronique Zayez is who we have. Now, Veronique is somebody who I met here locally in Mobile. She came to an AIGA event. She was one of our reviewers for our AIGA Flourish conference, and she rocked. She was on a panel. I got to talk to her more, and then I, I told her I was going to tell her. She doesn't know what I'm going to say, but this is what – so to me, when I look at Veronique's work, I see something – it's fun. Like I, and I, she makes me want to be a better designer. She also makes me feel like I can actually do it. Like she has taken side projects and then she made, she's like, I'm going to incorporate this in. I'm going to learn how to do this and I'm going to incorporate it, slide it into a client project. And then she started doing that more. And then she started getting client projects that were those side project esque like. So to me, you're super inspiring, and this is exactly what Design Recharge is all about, is seeing how somebody else has done it. But if this doesn't just come. You're not magic. You have a lot of hard work, right, behind you? Yeah, I don't, I don't sleep. No, I, <laughs> it's not that bad, but yeah, um, I work a lot and do a lot of side projects and do a lot, of, like it really is a lot of hustling and being involved in the community and building relationships beyond work because people work with people they like. Um, mm. There's a lot of really great designers out there, um, but just kind of being present and making the kind of work you want to do and putting it out there. It's the same okay. story for everybody. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's the thing that works because it's what works. Yeah. Exactly. But it also, it takes time. It takes commitment. Mm -hmm. And it's a committing to yourself about continuing to learn. Because as a designer, if we get, if we stop learning, we will stop progressing forward, right? You're mm -hmm. going to get stagnant. And oh, that yeah. is not you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think especially in our industry, you have to do that. Um, like students are scary coming out of school right now. So many of them have access to YouTube and Skillshare and things like that when they're like 14 years old. Mm -hmm. and touch Photoshop while I was in college. Um, so you gotta, or they're gonna go, boop, 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 you know, and they're, they're learning like crazy. It's, it's nuts. So. All right. So yeah. you're in Pensacola. Give us a little bit of your backstory. Um, you freelance, you worked in the ad industry. Where did you grow up? And then did you study design in school? Kind of give us a little bit of the backstory. So set the stage. Okay. Um, so I was pretty much born and raised in Texas. I grew up, I was born in like the first, I guess, eight years of my life. I was in a suburb outside Houston called Kingwood. Um, 
typical childhood. We moved overseas for a few years when I was eight to 12, which was cool. So I got a little bit of a global perspective. We lived in uh, Nigeria. My dad was in oil. Yeah. Wow. So that was very different. Um, and we were there for four years, then moved back to Houston. I went to college in Waco. I went to Baylor, which oh, is yeah. completely random. Um, not exactly the place you go for design education, but I didn't really go into school saying I want to be a designer. Um, I knew I liked art and drawing and stuff like that. Um, but my parents were very hesitant to you know, mm. be like, okay, you can get into an art degree because their whole thought process was you're going to be, there was like, oh, you're be a starving artist. My mom was like, what are you going to paint on the corner? Um, <laughs> so it started as that I went into computer science and did that for a semester quickly changed after they saw my grades after a semester because I didn't care. So like I had, I think a D and intro to computer science and failed pre-cal. Was terrible. Um, I made two D's in college too, just so you know. Yeah, One was in economics yeah, and accounting. Oh, I, I got to change my major after that yeah, as well. No, it was bad. Um, but anyway, so I started as computer science and switched over after a semester. Like I didn't know what graphic design was. I think right. that it wasn't really the thing to do. You didn't see a lot about it in the media, really. You just knew that people kind of made things, but never like put two and two together. Right. Um, so I was lucky to somehow get, I think it was like a, one of the counselors or something like that, get pushed into the direction of the art school and went in and took some basics and things like that. And then ended up in the graphic design program there. Um, so I graduated from there and moved to Dallas. Dallas is kind of like the place aside from Austin that you go in Texas, if you want to get into design. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of agencies there. There's a lot of hubs of like large brands. Um, so it's a great place to like grow a career. Um, I was honestly like super lazy when I got out of college. I got a job waiting tables and was kind of just doing whatever. Um, I was freelancing a little bit for like a couple music venues and things like that, but not actively like super looking. Were um, you, did you know, did you know you wanted to do business? Like was a business in, so this oh, was no. just design. Okay. So, cause you're so business focused now oh, yeah. that, and so, okay, keep going. No, it's, yeah, no, not at all. I had no idea like that I would even ever touch this sort of stuff. But basically like really, I wanted to, I was like, I want to work at Richard's group when I was in school. And that was the place I wanted to work because I really liked their work. And when I couldn't get in there, I was just, oh, like, I think a lot of students have that problem too. They want to either be like up here or it's like not good enough. And I was totally like that. Um, so anyway, I eventually got a job at a newspaper of everything. Um, my now husband just sent me an ad. He was like, I, I just sent your stuff to this company. They called me. I got in. It ended up being the best place I could have started ever. Because? Um, because, because it was layout. I would do one week of layout and then I would go do one week of building ads for like 50 different businesses and having to kind of look like their look and you know, some of them were like real estate ads or updating copy for a house listing. And some of them were actually, you had more creative freedom. Um, but I got really, really fast and I got really good at programs and I had a fantastic boss who would let me, um, kind of play with internal projects and things like that. So if they were doing sales, media kits, things like that, I would have some more freedom. Um, so I stayed there for two, two and a half years or so. And then was, <clears throat> I just wanted to move on, kind of get out of that. Um, and went into shopper marketing. So I worked at a shopper marketing agency for four and a half years. We did a lot of Pepsi, Frito, basically selling chips to kids. So you'd walk into a Walmart and there'd be a display and you have to figure out how to create a display and collateral and promotional materials to get somebody to buy Cheetos instead of, 
I don't know, whatever other brand. Um, so I stayed there for about four and a half years and then left with a couple other people. We were like, we're going to start an agency. Um, we had no idea what we were doing. Like I had been the creative director, mm -hmm. but it was basically managing projects in the art department. Like I didn't know how to talk to clients. I didn't know how to mm -hmm. present. I didn't know how to get on a phone call without feeling I was going to puke. Um, so we, we left and kind of started doing this thing and quickly learned what we didn't know about running a business. Like we had no idea how to find clients, how to price, how to invoice, um, any of that. And so we ended up kind of all three freelancing together, but on separate things, really. I mean, we'd have some projects where it, it, it was a good learning experience because we figured out what we didn't know. But at that point, um, we started doing work for an agency actually where I met Chelsea at, um, called studio good at the time. Hmm. And we started basically, they had an office in California and, uh, Texas and New York, and they didn't have an art department in their Dallas office. So Megan, who was my business partner, um, at that time and myself kind of went on board with them and built out their whole department. So that was the first time I was able to actually get some sort of insight into how an agency works because I would work closely with, you know, one of the partners that was there with the account team, be involved in new business development pitches, things like that. So it was still very fast turn for a lot of the stuff that they did um, because they would do a lot of um, just like fast turn, quick creation stuff. But there would also be like websites that were these full huge campaigns um, that was able to be involved in. So, so Car Karina said she also started in a newspaper and somebody else said, um, news, uh, Carrie said newspaper was her first. So you have to hustle. You have to learn how to turn things. And you also, it teaches you maybe not to be so, um, glued to your idea that you, it's got to change because we got to get that, that oh, it's yeah. got to go to press, right? Oh yeah. It has to go to press. I think like the second week I worked, no, the first time I was there when I was handling the press deadline myself the file got corrupted so we had to rebuild half of the paper within like three hours so it could yeah it went to print at like 4 30 in the morning and the delivery guys or whatever supposed to be at like six o'clock in the morning so it was that sort of stuff so it was also really good to start to learn how to handle pressure yeah um, and things like that so yeah no i mean how did you handle pressure at that because i mean you're young you're starting out you obviously are I mean, how did you deal with the pressure? Because it is a lot of, I mean, did you just have um, good bosses? I had, so my first boss was fantastic. The one who was at the newspaper, he was like, I mean, that happened and he was back in the office. Like, we'll get it figured out, you know? So he was probably the best person that I could have been around at that time in my life and incredibly encouraging. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I naturally kind of juggle things mm. pretty well and am lucky to be able to just be pretty level headed and not let, um, you know, if there's a problem, okay, what do we need to do to solve it? We can be upset over it and drink wine to feel better later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's was, it was, it was a really good experience. Um, so when I was at Studio Good, that's when I was able to start to get hands in and experience really managing teams and things like that and had some room to start playing creatively dealt with, you know, kind of bigger brand, longer campaign work where we'd be able to, you know, we do like the Alzheimer Association's longest day walk and we'd work with them to figure out the look of it and everything associated with their own social media stuff to, 
you know, print collateral to the, the website and things like that. So you're exploring a lot of stuff there. Were you oh, yeah. finding things that you really liked at that point or were you still just trying to like turn and burn? No, we were able to play a lot more. So we would have like a concept and we were able to build out a few variations. You know, one teammate might be better at one style than another and we'd play with a few different concepts and options and things like that. Um, and explore. So that's when I had started playing with hand lettering on the side. And like Chelsea, actually, I'm glad she's here because she got pulled into the chaos. Um, she was really strong with illustration as well, still being in school and playing with hand lettering a little bit. Um, another guy, um, Chuck, who's, I'm going to show you his stuff at some point. He's fantastic these days. Um, he had been messing with illustration and lettering too. So we sold in this concept of, um, it was for Be The Match, which is it used to be the be the match just the national marrow donor program. We would it would basically be a drive to get people to sign up for this site to get on the marrow registry to kind of build that list, and they targeted college students and things like that. And back when Facebook, people would give Facebook all their information, be like, "Connect me to Facebook, yes, so you can have all my data." Um, you would have people to connect, and they would basically get like a whole chart of bits of information about themselves and. The whole idea is basically you might not have not know somebody, but you have these things in common with them, right? Um, so we sold them this idea to hand letter every single result that got spit out back at people and make this grid. Um, and it was completely like it was crazy. So that was the first thing of like pulling this side stuff that I had started to do with lettering into an actual client project because we sold it to them and then we had to do it and we had like four weeks to produce I think like sixty results or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of that. It was a lot of pulling in. Okay, I'm starting to explore on the side, starting to use my free time like in a wise way outside of like playing mm. video games and going in bar hopping with friends. Um, <laughs> and then starting to pull that into client work. But I always had like really good bosses that were open to me doing that sort of stuff. So um, what what about when does business start to is that is this at the point yeah. where you're starting to really think about more of like, hey, if we did this business wise, this might help. Um, not really in regards to what they were doing. Um, cause they, that just never like clicked with me. Oh, Hey, let's try to bring the business in this direction or whatever. It was more like I had gotten a little bit of a taste of working for myself. Mm. And although I had this fantastic job and this great team, I mean, it really is when we were there, we had, I think the best team I've ever worked with in my life for a period of time. And then as happens, one person kind of leaves and another person leaves and the, the vibe just changes a little bit. Um, so I was there and, you know, we were also kind of looking at moving and leaving Dallas because mm. Dallas was supposed to be a couple years. It ended up being 10 or 11 years later by the time we left. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this by myself again. I had started to freelance on the side. I had some clients that I had had from a few years back that were all coming around again and really getting a lot of like taps on the shoulder to do freelance work. Um, so I kind of just left again at that point because I was like, if I'm going to actually try to build something, I, I have a better understanding of how this works. Um, I'm going to actually do it for myself. So I left, I think in, I think I gave my notice in like, uh, September for leaving at the end of year or something like that. So I was able so to. So what year was this? 2000, was it five? What is it? It's 2019. I think it was 2014. 
Okay. 2014 probably or 2013. And so then you moved from Pensacola or from Dallas to Mm -hmm. Pensacola. Yeah. So we had been basically, I was, we were both driving so much every day on a bad day. It'd be like an hour and a half each way commute um, with the city. So I was like beaches or mountains and my husband was in the beer industry at working for the distributor side and wanted to go on the brewery side. So new Belgium was opening up the market in the panhandle. He got the position here and we, we moved here without ever coming here, which was great. <laughs> we got really lucky. Um, we Googled it. We were like, that looks great. Pensacola looks fantastic. We knew nothing about it, but kind of took the leap there and um, moved over here and got really, really, really lucky. So at this point you move, you're going to do your own thing. You know that you're starting your own thing. He has the full-time job, which yeah. is the stability, right? Yep. yep. But there's aspirations with that as well. And then, yeah. so, so I'm just trying to paint the picture. So you decide and you're just going to do freelance. You're, I, I want to show some of this one piece, which I think is so beautiful. So that time. was like, that was like five years ago, maybe. Okay. So that was the type of stuff that I was doing on the side to start like drawing and doing lettering stuff again. Mm. Um, that led into, you know, then starting to pull things like that into work. And I don't think I've sent you anything else that was kind of like side projects at that point. But I will say like, I was really intense as far as like doing work on the side and on weekends at night. When I left my creative director position at that agency and went full time, I didn't have a cut in my pay because I had built up so much so as far much. as clients. Mm. Um, and just knowing how, I mean, I was finding clients that would pay well, that were playing Western rates and things like that with projects I wanted to do and places like Upwork and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think people shy away from that sort of stuff a lot, but um, I had a connection from there that eventually moved on, left her own agency and moved internally at LinkedIn. And that's how I started mm-hmm. doing work with like LinkedIn and things like that. So it's a lot yeah. about relationships and you've talked oh, about yeah. that. Um, and Absolutely. so Andre asks, is Upwork worth it? Sorry, you were taking a sip. It depends. It depends. Tell us why. Um, because I think there's a lot of times like a work, uh, a race to the bottom with mm. some of the talent, but I found, I, I mean, I found my illustrator on there and he makes very much normal rates and things like that. I think it depends on the kind of clients if you find American clients, often European clients, um, people that are looking for more of a creative side or an ongoing resource. You can do that. I think they have like a premium platform too right now that like Johnson and Johnson uses and things like that. So larger agencies, it depends. You have to be really careful about it. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, so, when you get to, I, I want to show a little bit more of your work. So I'm going to pop that up and you, you do a lot of branding work. You do, this is the stuff I think Karina will love is these patterns. Yeah. So that's how I started to pull like lettering and illustration to client work. So okay. I was doing, it was like Atlanta homestays is a home state group out of Atlanta, um, but basically was doing their branding and I was like, okay, well I want to build out pattern work. So it was a little bit of going above and beyond and building pattern work into their actual system. Mm-hmm. Right. So that ended up being used on the site, on cards, on things like that. So then the next time I'm sharing stuff on Instagram or putting a case study up on the site, it's got those sort of elements and getting a little bit deeper to build a full system as opposed to just 
you the know, basic on your font. Yeah, no, I don't. Right. So you're, really you're that. pushing because you wanted to add more of this to you. So to me, this is where I think, oh man, if she did this, I can do this, Diane. And to me, this was one, you were adding lettering, but it was also, you were really adding fun. Like to me, these are just fun. And it's like, okay, who doesn't want to have fun connect maybe a hospital i don't know but then you also you tend to do this on a regular basis so if you're talking about if we were chemist or something this is like this is the recipe veronique does finds to get and to grow and you've done this over and over so you decided to do a lettering project as soon as you got to pensacola you want to tell us about this yeah. one so this town is very like definitely kind of tight Knit, knit and people work with who they know it's a lot of people have been here their whole lives so it is definitely one of those things that it takes a minute to break in you have to be loud but once you do mm -hmm. like you it's very easy to know anybody or be connected to who you want to be connected to so being so, loud I want you to define that so because being loud can be bad but then it can also be good so how how have you made it be great I think that you just have to do things that get people's attention, like mm -hmm. in a positive way and do it consistently. And also um, like just be nice to people and mm -hmm. show up at events and, you know, um, just make friendships. Like I will never go into a situation where I'm like, I want to work with this person. I'm going to try to be where they're going to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Like business usually comes from somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody or something like that, or putting out good work and then people start to recognize and reach out to you for that. Um, I just go into things where I'm like, I admire what this person is doing in the community or in their life. And I want to, I want to be friends with them and learn from that. And, um, that seems to be like, people don't like it when you try to sell them stuff. It's really no. annoying. No, um, so, but you've been able to also find ways for your passion to come out. So things that you were exploring how much exploration in letter forms did you do before doing this um, local letters project? So the letters thing kind of came from wanting to do something that got noticed in the community. So mm -hmm. I did like a letter a week that was something that was Pensacola themed, right? So mm -hmm. it went on for 26 weeks in the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> 26 letters in the alphabet. So right. it was something that I was able to like hashtag an organization or a business or a area like East Hill, you know, mm -hmm. they've got their Facebook stuff or whatever um but basically able to as far as exploration like some of them i would spend a whole day on them sometimes i'd do in a few hours it really just depends on it because i put this timeline on myself that was sometimes absolutely insane mm -hmm. so then i started to actually i think that's about the time i started to get into more patterns mm -hmm. here too um but yeah that is the reason that like the the wife of the guy who started Perfect Plain, which is a brewery in town, which is probably one of the most recognizable things I've done locally, saw this and I had followed this. And that's how they knew I existed. Mm. That's so awesome. it was, yeah. And that was after I had kind of shifted from freelancing under my own name to starting to set up things under Hatchmark to be able to grow, to bring on people, to bring on bigger projects. Um, but yeah, that is the reason, the main reason that things started to really build in Pensacola and connect and just, I mean, making sure people have a good client experience and mm. doing really good work for them and being able to share that. So then Perfect Plain led to like Bride Society and Restadero and Ripe and like a lot of the stuff that's coming up now. Um, they were also able, go ahead. Oh, so 
so Andre asks, you changed the name to of the company to seem bigger or to be a collective? Um, I think that there's definitely a different perception if you're doing something under a kind of established name as opposed to yourself. Also, my name is really weird. Um, I mean, that just doesn't make for very good branding. Hey, go to veronixas.com. What? Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Bardui says so she wanna, hears you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I want to be able to, you know, bring people on and it, I don't want everything to be like me forever, right? Not necessarily as far as I want somebody else to be able to go out and represent the company and have ownership in like what they do. I don't want to be like, oh, I work for Veronique Zeus. Like that's just, I don't know. It seems it's a little, it's weird when you have employees and they're like, so, but, but that's also one of the ways yeah. that sets you apart because one, you're already thinking about if you have employees before you even had an employee, you're mm -hmm. already thinking about what would be good for them so that they can, because maybe this is something yeah. that you didn't have, or you did have at some of your jobs that you had ownership and you felt like you could say this was mine. It wasn't just somebody's name of a company. Yeah. So yeah. an, another thing is that you're always pushing yourself and yes, you could have just done it with fonts that exist, but instead you're like, okay, I'm going to get better at this. And Chelsea said, man, this woman in her speed with Bezier's. But the thing is, is that you didn't come out of the womb being fast at Bezier's. It's because you practiced and you did these projects and you gave yourself time limits. You got better, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Oh no. Yeah. I've, put so many hours, I think, into just sitting around with a piece of paper and pencil at first tracing paper and, you know, working on lettering. And then, um, like I use an iPad now just because of speed and iterating. Like I love, I, I totally appreciate the people that are able to have really gorgeous Instagram profiles because they're like, hand doing everything with paper and beautiful objects and things like that. Um, but I, I'm just kind of the person that needs to be fast and efficient with things. So if I am working in Procreate, I can have 20 different layers of different iterations and things go 10 times faster. Um, so I think it's about practicing a lot, but also making good use of your practice. So that's something when I was doing like the letters pro project, I wanted to be able to play with more with illustration. Like those really are more illustration pieces than like lettering pieces, right? It's just a drawing of an A or a Z or whatever. Um, but that was the goal, like having a common theme so I could really get well practiced with something, even if it's only over 26 pieces. Right? You also said something that stood out to me. It's like once you graduated, before you graduated or right after you graduated, you weren't using your free time in a way mm -hmm. that was maybe the smartest. And now that's all you do. Like you really live and breathe design. I know you're a mom and you're a wife and you do those things as well, but you really design is your passion. And so I think that it's, it's just finding ways to incorporate some of those things that are maybe a side project into something you can do while your kids at a swim meet or playing soccer or whatever. I don't know if you take your iPad yeah. to those things or not, but yeah. And I'm probably not the best example of balance at all. Honestly, I, <laughs> Because I do, I have those moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've seen my child for an hour today. Like, mm -hmm. it's bad. Um, so I think that everybody has to kind of find what works for them. I'm really lucky to have like a husband that's super entrepreneurial as well. Like we're working on another thing together. Um, but at the same time, like my kid has grown up around that. Like, 
I'm going to have to pound into his head that you have to get a job first. You're just not going to know this stuff right away. I don't care if it's a job with me or with your dad. Um, But I think it's, I don't know. I think there's pluses and minuses to that. But I mean, at the same time, people are like, oh, what are you watching? I'm like, I will probably have seen what you're talking about on Netflix, but it's because I have it on the background while I'm doing something on my computer, probably at 11 o'clock at night. And I need like noise to keep me from going crazy. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about this. So one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is one, finding the time. So you're just making time. You're, you're, and it, I do think it really helps that you have a husband that's very entrepreneurial because he understands that you're still spending time with him, even though you're on the iPad working or you're fixing images on the computer at night. But many people have trouble with the the, the struggle or the hang up is where um, handing things over to someone else. And I think going, having started at a newspaper, you saw how you have you couldn't do everything somebody else had to do things maybe they weren't all done correctly but they'll get better tomorrow you know yeah. so maybe there's a benefit to that newspaper kind of starting out but um any tips you would give um who for somebody who's trying to do it all and struggling and how to maybe what were some of the first things you gave up as tasks maybe that you had an illustrator or you found an illustrator or you, cause you really talked to me about this a lot about finding other people to collaborate and collaboration I think has been really key to your success and your success in Pensacola because you're not just succeeding. You're bringing them along and everybody's succeeding. Right. Yeah. And I think that as far as handing things off, I think I was able to kind of manage teams in a couple of different situations, like in agency life and things, sorry, swinging around a pen. Um, being able to manage teams. So I was kind of used to doing that, but I'm, I, that's something that I have to force myself even to do now. Be like, okay, you can hand this off to somebody else. It's going to get done well. I think being able to find people that do things that are better than Mm. how you can do them. Um, I can put together a WordPress site if I had to, but it's definitely not going to be the best. So I have somebody who's fantastic that I partner with regularly that builds sites very well and she's also a good designer you know so mm-hmm. they've got the eye for that and they can make those decisions and you know you're going to hand something off and it's going to be done well so how um, do you find them do you vet these people out like do you give them a little project first um yeah i mean often it, it so it sometimes starts as you know i need help on a small project here and there the last guy um that did work with me regularly. He kind of went off to start his own thing eventually, but he was, sorry. Um, he was like doing freelance for me on the side and that sort of stuff. And it basically eventually like turned into, you know, spending 20 to 30 hours working with me and kind of grew into that. Um, because it is beyond the work. It's also about like the right relationship that making Mm -hmm. sure it's somebody that you like and want to hang out with. Um, that's a big part of it. Um, and then also just somebody that, you know, fills those gaps. So Liz, who works with me now is she's, we wanted to get into like ongoing social content that is like done in a fun, different way. Like I have no interest in posting for people and just like taking a picture and putting a caption next to it. Like we're trying to get into really cool, creative uses of brand, like the ripe stuff. If you look at the Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, where we've got like floating bottles and pieces of fruit and everything. Um, she's a fantastic photographer. Like I'm not going to try to pick up an iPhone or learn how to use, yeah, learn how to use, um, a camera. I'm able to pull her in cause she's good at that. She also comes from a background that is kind of 
fast churn stuff. So mm-hmm. she's able to hang with kind of some of the faster churn design projects that we do outside of Brandwork. Um, so finding people that fit into kind of the niche you need to fill stylistically or I need somebody that can also hang with the fast stuff and not just deal with a three month timeline for a brand project. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's hard. Letting go is hard, but it's just finding the right people that you trust and note that you can um, trust them to keep the same level of quality or good enough quality. I think Chris Doe said that the same Mm -hmm. thing as far as handing off, like, you know, if you're going to work with somebody else on, you want somebody else to handle. I don't, I don't pass off the brand stuff yet. I still haven't been able to for like the core elements, but if I was able to find somebody that was like a rock star brand person and they might be better than me in something specifically, like that's going to be for the, the best outcome for the client. So, yeah. All right. So um, as I'm going to keep going down the list, cause there's so many things I think that people right. struggle with that mm-hmm. I want that you have, um, you have overcome already or you're still in the process, but you have had a lot of successes in that. So um, did you know when you went, you moved to Pensacola, you were starting freelance. You, was that when you called it Hatchmark or did you start that after? Probably about a year in or so. Yeah. So what, I was was that, working. what was the impetus for that? Cause it, you were like, Hey, my name's too hard or. Um, I think I was in probably a year and a half in because I needed help and mm-hmm. I realized that this was going, so I had either had to cut back or to start bringing people on. Um, so I bring on, brought on an intern, um, the first time around and she, I mean, she was like working out of my house for a girl. Um, she was, <laughs> she was very understanding and, you know, really sweet about it though. But we started doing that and I, right before, before she started, I switched things over to Hatchmark because I was like, okay, this thing's going to get bigger than me. Mm-hmm. I want to actually build an actual brand around the type of work we do. Um, Why Hatchmark? Went from there. Um, so I didn't want something that already existed, obviously, as far as like, you know, common phrase words, that sort of stuff. But I wanted something that always alluded to the idea of like hatch lines, like kind of drawing tactile mm-hmm. sort of things tied with branding so mark obviously so it it's it just stuck it was something that I had that concept behind it that I always wanted to keep the whole idea of building brands from scratch and you know starting with pen or I apple pencil <laughs> now um and actually building things from there yeah I like that. Also, hatch yeah. is like birth you know like I know. <laughs> either way it works either way it. yeah it does work either way so yeah all right, so you have you you create this company and you are hiring interns, um, freelancers. They're coming on. You're also one thing I think people forget is that sometimes we have these relationships with agencies that already exist, and then you are mm-hmm. just a a sort of freelancer for them. And so that happens a lot, and that's something that you've also really succeeded at so you've made you come into Pensacola were you still working with some agencies from Texas or were did you kind of um, not do as much of that and then you just started really making relationships with agencies yeah no there have been some people from that I had known for quite a while and in like the IPG network all that sort of stuff that just needed some help on a couple projects started working on a couple projects and then eventually got like spread out to the entire team um, and now two of their agencies are regular clients. So that's 
kind of that stuff that we don't put out there. We don't share really. The Stella Artois glass was actually through them. Um, but it's the stuff that keeps things, keeps cash coming in. It's a great rep. You're never like scrounging and searching for new business. Um, so we're able to take on the kind of new clients that we want to take on. And they're kind of that like nice, consistent cushion that's always been there. So I have another question. So I have lots of them actually, but what, how do you um, go from, oh, Booker's just went away from me. Oh, anyway, keep going. Talk. Oh, let me just ask you the rest of this one and then okay. it'll come back. Um, so what are, Oh, I really wanted to ask that question. Oh, you, you go know from when that happens? agency work or from? Well, it, I think it was, it'll come back to me. Um, okay. I should have written it down right then. Okay. So you are, you come to Pensacola, you connect with new agencies here or you start, oh, I know what it was. Yeah. I remember now. Like, how do you keep up? These people are at these, I, I, you know, they're at these larger corporations or the, they're at yeah. an agency. How do you keep up with them when they move jobs? Because that happens all the time. Um, do you regularly do that? Or is that just a natural part of who you are? Um, so yes, definitely kind of keep up with people if they move. But I think it was like two years ago when I was sending out like holiday thank yous and everything. The list of account contacts from one of the groups was like, 70 people or something that I had worked with directly. So, I mean, it's really become a thing where we're so integrated into their business across many of their teams um, that that really hasn't been a problem. So if somebody does move, somebody else like takes their place and it's like, Hey, this is Marinique. Reach out if you need anything for this. And then someone will move on and then they'll tap me and be like, Hey, I'm here now. Are you available for this? So that's happened a few times for sure. So, but yeah. you've, you, people have moved complete companies. Like that's where you got the LinkedIn work. There's where, you know, like, is it just from the yearly thank yous that you, you see that they moved or? Well, uh, I mean, sh not really, because I think that if you're working so closely with somebody, I mean, a lot of them were like friends on Facebook. If I'm in New York for a client, we go grab a coffee right. or a beer or something like that. Um, so it's a lot of a matter of moving beyond just, it's not a financial transaction when you're working with somebody right. like you're very involved in their project, their business. So it's actually yeah. becoming friends with these people who are your clients. Yeah. 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 So and I then, think, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it, I think it's natural for you. I don't think it's natural for everybody. I think some people really kind of like their space and yeah. they don't really um, reach out. But I think that even reaching out with people on Facebook or LinkedIn and seeing what's happening in their lives, that might be enough to form a relationship to a point of when they will take you with them when you go, yeah. when they go to another place. I just think it's sometimes... You know, social media gets a bad rap a lot of times. Yeah. I think it's a great way to keep up with people, clients. I think, I think you, well, I mean, that's, that's not like common, but I think that being able to, I mean, it's just even a matter instead of if there's something, instead of replying by email, if there's a question, like hopping on a phone call and mm -hmm. getting some FaceTime or a conversation with a person, like I, like, trust me, I am naturally 
seriously introverted. I want to sit on my couch and I want people to leave me alone on Saturday night. And, you know, um, I think it's something that I think extroversion is like a trainable skill Mm. and you have to make yourself get out in public and you have to make yourself like I've made myself like present at things in the past and give talks because it was something that had made me nervous. So it was like, you're going to do it 10 times until this doesn't feel like a nauseating thing. Hmm. Um, and if people, I know there's people that that's hard. It used to be really hard for me. I used to, like I said, I wasn't joking when I said I used to get nauseous before I was getting on a phone call with client. Um, but that's something that's trainable. And if you want to be able to run a business, you have to be the public face of that business and hmm. you have to kind of deal with it and figure that out. Um, you have to be able to go to an event and, and know at least a handful of people in the room and have a conversation with them, even if you don't feel like it. And it's been a long day and you have to go home and keep working. So um, uh, Andre has a question. He says, do you keep an Excel spreadsheet or any system for the, to keep those relationships so that you have addresses and things like that? Um, or maybe an email list and how you know them and how yeah, far... That's- that's a really good idea, but I don't. <laughs> you do it from memory right now. Yeah, I think just a lot of the people, I I mean, a lot of the clients that I have, I've known for eight, ten years or so. So you kind of know who they are because they had started off mm-hmm. as clients, it's kind of moved on. So I'm not, I've, I never really, and I mean, if I had a new business development person, they would probably be reaching out to, to old clients being like, hey, we're still here. This is what we're doing. But I just can't manage all of that right now with everything Mm -hmm. going on um but that's another thing and I've said I'm like at what point do I pull in a new business development person but can I because I think I'm so tied to the business and a lot of people know me and that's how they know the business as opposed to the other way around um so I I, that's what I'm trying to figure out like how do you do that without losing the reason people work with you which is a lot of time because the relationship they have with you so all right so and some people were sharing some stuff at Naomi, who's also in Portland. She said Airtable has a good CRM customer repres- management. I don't know what the R is. can't remember. Um, yeah. Template to use and Airtable is free. So that's terrific relationship. Thank you, mm-hmm. Naomi. I appreciate it. Okay. So um, what, how is a, I know how you have niched down. Um, how would you, tell someone is the, because maybe there were some things, I hope, Lord, I hope this, I don't know if this is true, but I hope there was something you tried that you weren't great at. And then you were like, nope, I don't like this. Or I just decided this isn't for me. So what, how did you decide that this was still worth your time and you still wanted to attack it every day? Or how did you let go of something and say, "Mm, no, it's not for me? Like, because I feel like everybody says niche down, niche down. And it's really easy because it looks like, you got it really easy. You started to do that lettering or whatever patterns. So I've done a lot of stuff. Like it's even just from like jobs past, there was publishing, there was shopper marketing, which is like displays and print stuff and then digital work. So I think I've been lucky to have a very broad, mm. I don't know. It's same time because I, I've had a very broad experience, my background. So I'm able to kind of hop between a lot of different mediums. Um, I think people get that a lot if they come from kind of the ad world, but at the same time, like there's some people that come out of school and are like, I want to do branding and they just hop branding agencies. And I, I'm like, I, maybe I should have done that. You know, I'm curious to see if I had really dove into this 15 years ago, how I would have been. Um, but I think that 
especially with working with larger agency clients, we are definitely not working on brand work with them, right? But the only work that I put out there and appear to have niched down is what I put on social channels mm. and on, on the site and things like that. So focusing um, your internet, because it's your website and your social media channels, focusing those things to the things that you want to do. Yeah. And then when we do bring on new business and things like that, the only thing people really contact me about right now is tied to brand work. But that being said, brand work extends into so many things. So like Liz right now is in the other room working on getting some pages updated on a client site for sales pages for their products. Right. Right. So it's me able to kind of hold on to the core of things and then delegate for kind of the ongoing support stuff or whatever. That's what really drives constant revenue and things like that. Um, so yeah, but I think a lot, I think that's the case with a lot of people. I think that a lot of people are probably doing what's beyond their social accounts. Mm. Um, but just put you, I mean, you really get the kind of projects that you put out there. So that's important. All right. But so, yeah. um, did you, and we're going to talk about that kind of like getting to that client, but did you double down on the type of businesses you were going after um, that were branding and patterns and, and just the whole kind of like um, identity system or, mm -hmm. and, and what has been the best way you have found to connect with new businesses? Is it asking some of the people that you've already worked for? Um, hey, do you know anybody in something else or, or what kind of methods have you used to, to do that? Yeah. So a lot of, I typically don't like, I don't cold call people or that sort of stuff. I think there are some groups in town right now where I have relationships with the people that are already within them. And I'm like, Hey, we'd love to work with you guys. Can you connect me to the right person? But I already have a relationship with them somehow. And I have a relationship with them because I'm very involved in community activities and things like that around town. Um, so there's always that sort of previous connection. Nobody wants to hear from you the first time when you're trying to sell them something. Um, so it's doing that. And also, you know, when we talk about being loud and stuff like that, it does come from people know that we are a brand studio in town because we have a big presence as far as the type of stuff we're involved in because we do side projects, community projects, like my friend Somi and I are doing the big wall mural downtown that has been very present on social media. And it's like, who are these people? What do they do? Oh yeah, no, we're both designers. We're both brand designers at different agencies that focus on branding. Um, but we've been doing things outside of even showing brand work that gets attention, right? Mm. So then people, and that's when my name does come in handy because it's weird. I remember it. <laughs> it's unique. So, That's good. Yeah, very unique. Um, All right. So what do you think the best way? So so say I want to kind of give somebody a, a do actionable step here. Mm -hmm. So say you have a you have a lettering. You want to do more lettering. Mm -hmm. Maybe can you remember a project like this? And or you want to do mur blah, more murals. And I'm gonna pull up some of your mural work in just a second. So how would you, you're already involved in the community and somebody has a need and you say, hey, I want to donate my time. Or do you say, hey, I want to give this to you at a reduced rate or, or what does that look like? Because then other people see it and then you have to go to the opening and you have to kind of, you have to put in your dues, the social dues. I think you can't just really do the work sometimes. I think they want 
to be a part. They, it's like they're part of the party when you come to the opening, right? Yeah, I think that you have to, first of all, like have some sort of work put out there already. So, I mean, we would get together and paint a wall in my house and do post space off of that. You have to show people you can do the work before they'll pay you for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be in creating your own projects, creating your own. Yeah, exactly. Like the one below it, the collaborate, innovate, mm-hmm. accelerate. That was from a co-work space that I used to be out of and they wanted to do a mural. So yeah, I did that at a reduced rate. Um, the thing below it is that Pensacola thing. Um, so that's what Somi and I worked together on our first time when we worked together on our mural project. And it was a public art project that was going on during um, this thing called Foo Fest, like an arts fest once a year. So I was kind of one of the in-progress shots. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Murals are fun for us, honestly. So that is something that we're trying to do more of, looking to do more of. And we also really, really love this town. So we want to put something out there that creates a walkable space downtown. So we put out the call for a wall thing that started a year ago. Mm-hmm. Where basically we wanted to do a mural downtown. There's no big murals in specifically the downtown area that you can actually take a picture in front of. Mm. Um, so we wanted to do something like we follow Roxy and Phoebe. They're fantastic. We love the type of stuff that they do. Um, and what it does for tourism in the cities when they hop in, like the Houston's that they did is amazing. Like if you look up on Instagram, all the shots of people, um, taking the pictures in front of it, it has such a big reach. So we're trying to get the city to do more than of that type of stuff. So mm. instead of going out there and charging somebody, you know, trying to sell this thing, that's tens of thousands of dollars that, nobody's done here really yet. We created a thing where we put out a video. We said, we're going to basically donate our time and our talent to putting a mural in downtown Pensacola. All we need is a wall. So businesses Mm -hmm. apply. So now the businesses know who you are. You're able to have a conversation with the people that you're considering, Mm -hmm. build those connections. Um, So the businesses applied. We, there was one wall that we had been staring at for a long time anyway. And like, that would be a really fantastic one. We hope they apply. Uh, we probably would have reached out to them if they didn't. Um, but we ended it's going to be like right downtown, right off Palafox. And we're painting it next weekend. So, so that, so, yeah. so it, but that to it, me is doable. That's an actionable yeah. step. So it it's also being part of somebody else's success mm-hmm. um, and being part of the city. And so being involved in no matter how big, because Pensacola is not a huge market. Do you want to talk a little bit about, um, because sometimes you may be in the Dallas area, but you still could do this in maybe one of the sub parts of Atlanta or mm-hmm. this, you know, so it doesn't really matter if it's your it's a really big or a really small city. I think that you can still make, make a, a drop in the bucket. You just have to choose yeah. where your bucket is, right? Exactly. So, I mean, I would look for areas that are kind of up and coming and developing and have a lot of activity going around on them. Um, you know, and with the, the, the business we have partnered with on this, like they have a fantastic marketing department. She's putting out like a press release. They're planning Uh, like a three-day event around this painting next weekend they're gonna have invite the press on like monday and have something for people to go so it's really being strategic about where you put Mm -hmm. your time and efforts to um and identifying like if you're gonna do a mural for a business or something like that pro bono to have more mural work make sure it's somebody that is going to put in the work too so it's not something Mm -hmm. that just goes up and then oh that's done hey thank you bye um, but something that uh, they do put the press out and that they're going to, and if they don't know how to do that, you've done that with other, other things. You could give them suggestions, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And document the process. Like we hit so many roadblocks. Like we thought this project was dead. We ended up having to go to city council. It took us eight months for it to get approved with the city. Um, yeah, <laughs> because it's also an historic area. So there are a lot of restrictions on what you can and can't do. And there was nothing specific saying we couldn't do this in code, but the architectural review board didn't want to really um, make a decision, I think. So it got 2-2 and went to city council. We got it past 7-0, but it took us eight months to get to that point. So it's been kind of like a long thing, but that's also, we've been able to talk about it for a really long time. So now when it actually happens, people are really excited to come down there and check it out. Um, yeah. And we might be doing some, some other big mural stuff that's coming up because of that, because people now know that we do murals. So. So I want to show some other work that you've done because I think some of it really feeds into that kind of mural. So these were three options for Coco Loba. Or yeah. So this was, I don't know, a few years back, four years back or so, but really starting to get heavy with pushing lettering work into brand marks and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so she specifically approached me because they knew that we want, they wanted hand drawn type and things like that. Yeah. And then patterning patterning. Yeah. So that was another one where I think I had started doing, I think that came after Atlanta homestays and they saw what was done there, but being able to take the patterning concept and build it into a completely different style, because especially for any people are like, what's your style? I'm like, my style is what the client needs, what makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. um, so, but being able to take those kind of core items that you're able to get good at building and knowing how a pattern will work well over a larger project and carrying that throughout. So maybe my style is I include patterns. I don't know. Well, and then it's just, um, it's definitely, they don't all look the same, but there's definitely clean. And then you have, you know, different styles that you're giving as options, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people do the one option thing. I have it. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I work with so many groups that are really kind of at the early stages of their business and they want to be involved and they mm -hmm. want to have some sort of say, and I, I kind of welcome that. So, well, this is a great example for going from even rise, which was very, or ripe, which was right. very, yeah. um, it looks so different. I mean, it's awesome, but it looks very different than this one. And then you have this one, which I love this series, um, this, I campaign that you have. So you have a great monogram. Oops, boogers. Oh, it's doing it by itself, but that's okay. And then you decided they, I mean, obviously this could be cost effective, but it also gets that feel. But then, then you said, Hey, what about us doing the, a mural on the wall or something? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if that's that sort of stuff, and I know it's probably controversial, but like that wasn't in the original proposal. Like I'm going to draw your mural on the wall, but I was like, this place needs that on the wall so we projected it up at night for and it took us a couple hours and then spent a half day painting it up there and it's like this big impactful piece when you walk in right and it looks killer oh did you freeze so i don't know i'm gonna stop share and see but she's black went dark they lost power in Pensacola, people. But let me show you the rest of our work. We'll just make up what it is because it's just amazing. But this is this ride society. This was Rusted Arrow still, kind of the, hopefully she'll pop back in in a second. Again, she's using these great patterns. 
which I just think these are awesome. Same place, another wall for them. And hopefully she'll come back in. But isn't this amazing? So this is, um, her husband has a uh, brewery and this is the, uh, I guess, business cards for it. And y'all are talking to me and I need to pull the chat up. I know, isn't it? I, I really, so to me, this is where her work makes me feel like I could try something fun. You know, I knew you would love it, Karina. So I got to connect you to, um, she was, and Chelsea says she was always awesome to work with and work for. And then she did some stuff for Stella Artois or whatever, however you say that. I'm sure I messed that sucker up. Oh, I totally forgot to tell you all about Audible in the beginning. Yeah, well, tell you in the end. But I just love this. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, she really does. Karina says, you were totally right. Love it. And she has great business insights. Artois is what uh, Kevin says. So I was like, okay, I love this Thursday in July. I just love it. I just love how workshop is written. I mean, I love the whole thing, but I was, I am working on it. Oh, let me see. She's back. Promote to panelist. Are you back? Are you back? I can see you. We were just looking at your stuff. Can you hear me? You'll might have to accept audio again in the bottom left-hand corner. We've been looking at your work. Hi. Sorry. I don't know. I just got dropped. Power went out, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just My heads aren't working though, but I can still talk to you this way. Okay. That's great. Cool. Sorry. Um, so we, we looked at your husband's brewery and the ride society. We looked at all your work and people were like, Oh my goodness. Karina says you were totally right. Love it. And she has great business insights. And that's something that I think is really, again, you're using patterns more here even, which I think is just incredible. And yeah. texture, you really utilize that feel, that tactile feel, I think within your work. Yeah. It's just a matter of building systems, right? So building something that people can, I mean, a logo is great and all, but it's how you use it in the larger piece and how you can build out a bigger system that's reusable then too. Like ride societies using elements of their pattern in like apparel and swag. And I'll go into Publix and see somebody ride site shirt. And it's really cool. Like they've actually, people buy the shirts when they've never even been there before. So yeah. It's I think been that's pretty awesome. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to end it because we got to, it's 2.30, but I wanted you to answer a couple. These are like our flash questions. Okay. So when did you start thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur? Ooh, okay. So probably when I made the shift to do Hatchmark stuff and then we went to find an office space. So we, the first office we were out of was um, an entrepreneur development incubator, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's, that was a big part in starting to really get more of the business insight, start to really think about like, you know, how much is this going to cost me to create versus hiring this person to do this versus, you know, starting to think about the bigger picture, um, from the entrepreneur business side of things. So that was a huge part of it. It was great. So like four years ago? Uh, yeah, around there four years ago, I guess. Okay. So a, a good, so how do you recharge? Um, how do I, are you me? do you need to go? 
I'm sorry. I'm here. Um, okay. how do I recharge? Yes. I do a, <laughs> I, I'm really bad at that, Diane. Um, we live by the beach, so it's nice to get out there, get out in nature sometimes. Um, we do a lot of... Do you just need less recharging, you think? I don't know. I really I really like what I do. I work mm -hmm. a lot. My work is fun. Um, I do side projects, honestly. I think that's a lot of what mm -hmm. keeps things interesting with doing the murals um, and taking on, you know kind of those passion projects. I like to, I really would love to teach more honestly and to talk more and doing things that are actually more educational focused, um, getting out from behind the screen a little bit. Mm, I like I, talking to students. I like talking to other people that are kind of in the business community and learning from what, what they're doing. All right. So Krishna has, she's the one in, in <laughs> North York city, New York city. She said, how do you mm -hmm. promote your patterns to get non-textile related work? I do both pattern design and illustration. I see a lot of patterns out there in advertising, but then when I talk to people at agencies or agencies, it seems like they do all that pattern stuff in house. A lot of my pattern work ends up being textile based and I want to push it into other markets. I would say make some connections, relationships with some designers at, um, in those agencies or some of those in-house places. What would you say, Veronique? Yeah. So the patterns that we do are typically in brand systems. Mm -hmm. So that's how it's become kind of this organic way that they're integrated within the actual work as opposed to, I don't know what she's doing in agencies if she, if it is in brand work. Um, but those are clients that I own directly. So it's not doing it through another agency that might already have those capabilities. But so say it was a lettering project and it was somebody who was working. It was a style that you didn't do. It, I think if you can rock that thing, so you need to show some brand patterns like the Stella work that you did. Mm -hmm. I don't know if all those illustrations were already there you know those those were yeah. things you created you didn't create the Stella brand right yeah no exactly so that was they had the concept it was with the whole royal wedding Harry Meghan thing and they had this concept where they wanted to show like icons within mm -hmm. a on this glass to just make this really pretty lacy piece um but I had already done like the Atlanta homestays and things like that. So I was like, let's just try this thing out and see how it works. So I kind of started to drop some sketches and send it over. Be like, okay, is this the direction we can go in? Um, you kind of have to show people, I think, sometimes mm -hmm. to you know, put yourself out there and actually do it, even if they don't give you permission to do it. Do fine, do a version that they want to see. But then if you know this is going to work really well for something, do that version as well. Um, and then you have to, I mean, you have to be able to sell it. You have to be able to say, this is why this is going to work. This is why the, you know, this makes more sense for the brand. Um, I don't ever really just send work. At, I mean, if it's like ongoing client work, I'll be like, here's this, you know, let me know what you, you know, we have edits or anything like that. But if it's brand work or a big concept, I don't just send stuff off. I'll be like, Hey, let's get on a call and talk through this. This is the reason behind it. Um, but yeah, I think if right. that's what you wanted to do, Krishna, I would start doing some side projects that had those things that were more branding connected illustrations or patterns instead mm -hmm. of it being so textile connected, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand. You I mean like as opposed to being like just for textile work? Mm -hmm. I think that's what kind of work she's getting is that she's getting more textile and she wants to get out of just textile. Oh, she yeah. wants to be no, doing... Then you have to, 
you have to make your own work. <laughs> I mean, if all people are going to see in your book are patterns related to textiles, that's all the only way they're going to connect it. So find a previous project and blow up brand elements for it. We have stuff on our website. Well, not anymore, but in the past I've had stuff on my website that wasn't even part of the original project. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, this would be great to do with this. Let's add this in as an element that was done. It may not have been done, but then people can start to see like, oh, okay, this is why this makes sense for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Two more questions. What advice would you give your younger self? <laughs> to do things? Um, <laughs> no, seriously though, because I think this is the thing. And this is why when I talk to students, they say they're busy. I want to smack them. I don't care. Like you're not as busy as you will be down the line when you have a kid, two businesses, um, and you know, X, Y, Z other commitments. Right. Um, I, we're, you know, older. We don't have the time. I don't have 15 years back where I can be grinding in my early twenties. So by the time I hit 30, I have my stuff figured out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that you need to spend as much time as you can experimenting, finding what you really love to do, try a lot of different things and like work your ass off because you have less commitments now than you're going to have mm. three or 10 years from now. Absolutely. All right. And then the last question is what is next? What is next? Okay. So, I mean, I'm keep on chugging along with what we're doing and focusing more and more on brand work and really being able to niche down and pull in only the type of work we want to be doing, working with, you know, mm -hmm. I love working with startups. They're so fun. It's like this high energy when they're getting started and you're able to make them look more established and bigger than they are. And it's, it's incredible. So really kind of owning that space, um, here, especially. And then, I mean, we're starting a brewery, so that's what's next. Um, we're opening up a brewery in the fall. So really I'm excited about that from a design perspective because I can do whatever the hell I want on murals, on packaging. Um, and honestly, like that's a big, every time that I start something new, I'm like, okay, how can I kind of tweak this to push it in the direction that I want to do. So it's going to have like the bombest, best, craziest packaging, illustration, lettering brand ever, because I want that to become kind of the standard for the type of work that we want to go after. Um, I also want to talk more. So I want to do conferences, man. I want to um, do a lot more educational stuff. So we're doing some stuff here that you know about that I can't talk about publicly yet. Um, but it does involve like education and community and. And yeah. Pensacola is really growing the creative, the creatives there. Um, you've done a lot to kind of pull people together. Um, there's been a lot of more, maybe it's just that a lot of people have moved back to or moved to Pensacola from somewhere else and you've been part of that. And so that's really a, a neat thing that you're involved in within your city that people could get involved in, in their cities to do the same sort of thing. Yeah. It's, I, I've been telling you, like I, when I say we got lucky here, we got lucky here because the size is right to be able to actually have an impact easily um, and the business community, the town is growing so quickly where you're able to, it, it really is like right place, right time. But that being said, like, I think that there are a lot of people moving back right now. There's, um, I didn't start the design community here by any standard, but I think that I met the right people that were doing the right things. And, um, you know, there's a guy, Kyle, who's a fantastic designer. He had started a Pensacola designers group, hmm. I don't know, five years ago or so. Um, 
and it was kind of chugging along and, you know, people will come and go from there. We've just had this resurgence in people wanting to be involved um, and kind of a core group of people that are pushing for more events to be more collaborative. You know, like you said, it's, there's, I think the biggest agency town is like 25 people or something like that. It's, it's nuts. So small. Um, but there's a lot of smaller, smaller groups, two, three people shops that collaborate to just mm-hmm. really fantastic stuff. And then it is, it's about collaborating with the other people who are, are with you and around you. So yeah. Veronique, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for giving us some inspiration and some actual actionable steps. I hope that that helps. Krishna, I hope it helps you. Um, Everybody who popped in, I want to make sure you guys know how to connect with Veronique. So you can connect with her on Instagram at hatchmarkstudio, just one S, not studios. And then also just go to hatchmarkstudio.com and then you can see some other work that we didn't get to show today and you can reach out and and talk to her so um jesse said thank you uh you would be an incredible teacher um she's looking uh, patricia's looking at your instagram um (laughs) she's gonna show her boss so um i just want to make sure you guys remember there are um Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash design recharge. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. But I just wanted to remind you guys that. And then you can also always um, give us a like, a comment, and uh, share the podcast from iTunes, Spotify, um, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. Um, Give us a review. That would be super helpful. And then you can also um, support the show by even donating a dollar to Patreon at patreon.com slash Diane Gibbs. And then there's the, you can, I make websites, a lot of WordPress, CMS websites, and I use the Divi as my theme and you can um, get the Divi along with me and use it. It's a grid-based theme. It's completely customizable. You can get it at um, bit.ly dot, or bit.ly slash Diane Loves Divi. And I'm getting these off of my head because I can't remember. I didn't put these in my notes. And then the other thing that I love even, maybe even more than the Divi, which is hard to say, is Elementor, which has really changed, rev- revolutionized, and I'm much faster in creating the websites. And you can get that at bit.ly bit.ly slash drelementor. Four ways you can support the show. And then of course, um, oh, and she shared her email. I will put it in the chat. It'll be on the show notes. So I will pop that over. Veronique, thank you so much again for just being here today and helping me out and inspiring us to do more, me to do more fun things. And hopefully, um, I just, I really is super inspiring that you're just like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to incorporate this. And, and you just, I don't know, I feel like you, it was, it's really inspiring to see you just continue to grow and I'm, and you're just killing it. I said you are a boot kicker and you are. Awesome. Diane, you. Okay. So, I mean, I'm just glad to be talking to you. I talked about or heard about you before I even met you and I'm, the stuff you do in the design community in Mobile and beyond. Um, some creative style. So you are a crazy force and now with you more. So we're going to out because we are. Oh no, there you're back. All right. Well guys, next week, uh, next week, 
oh, we have Beth English. And it's not E English, it's I English. And so she has really redefined herself. And I'm excited. She's a painter, but she's also another boot kicker. This is the start. Veronique started off the entrepreneur month of design. So I'm really excited. We have two women and two men, and I can't wait. So hopefully it'll be the boot kicking month in a good way. You know, like I think it's a good way. Um, but I'm thank you for kicking off this month and of just entrepreneurs and being such a great role model for so many people. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks guys. <laughs>